0: Hi everyone, Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Cheyenne Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program.
1: We are across the street and around the world, Cheyenne
0: well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Nathan, welcome. Glad you're here. It's so good to have see you. Have you been man. doing any traveling since I, the I've last been, time I saw you?
1: Feels like I've been all over the world. We you... went to South Carolina. Okay. It was glorious. Uh, the first thing I, I left on, I think it was the 17th, and uh, on Saturday, that was on a Friday. On Saturday, uh, there was a large meeting in Charleston, South Carolina, and we heard from great folks like Nikki Haley, oh, wow. Tim Scott, and um, Tulsi Gabbard, she really just blew my mind. She was really? a phenomenal speaker. Wow. Vivek Ramaswamy, a name that is not well known. He's already declared. I, I've he's heard of president. him. I yeah, know, I
0: know who you're talking
1: about. Just a, a deep thinker. Okay. Extraordinary. And it was a great uh, meeting that Saturday. The following Sunday, the next day, I had the chance uh, to go to church with uh, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. No kidding. Uh, just a very sweet man of God. I mean, okay, brilliant. So I want
0: to I want to talk about all this. Yeah. stuff. You're going to stick around. We'll talk about this oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to run that next week. Yeah, that's good. Well, I I came back from vacation. I got a little sun. I don't know if you can tell it, but I went from super pale to just barely pale now. Nice. So that's what I. <laughs> but I got a little sunburned and stuff. So that was kind of nice is to Huck get away. German uh, English. It is German actually. Huck, okay. Yeah, our our family is from Huck Russia. They were German farmers. Living on the Volga uh. River, and when I don't know the Czars came in and tried to make the Germans their mercenaries. Right. Tons of people fled. I think it was kind of during that time of the, the Fiddler on the Roof time. Yeah. Uh, late 1800s. Oh. They got into the United States in 190 something. Okay. But anyway, so but anyway, Huck is German. Yeah. To, to give so my family. We history about how light your
1: skin was. Oh, I okay. Thought, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, I'm definitely the, the whatever, the the, the fair skinned of that. So. But today, okay, we've got some humbling things that are happening. I come back home. Well, I, I pay attention to the news, but it was on the way back, I think, um, in that shooting in uh, in, uh, Nashville. in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I'd, I'd like to maybe just could we can unpack that just yeah. a little bit. And so I'm not even sure that I've even – I don't think I've got all the information yeah. to, to know exactly, trying to understand the whys and some of that stuff. But there's some – there's some deep subjects i want to talk about there if you wouldn't mind diving in but the other one if we have time i'd like to talk about this this jesus revolution i okay. went to the movie yesterday okay and uh, chuck smith and the, all the all the the calvary chapel launched basically launched from this jesus revolution that happened uh 1972 okay so it's been 50 years 51 years now and uh Anyway, i I was intrigued. I, I would like to talk to you a little bit about it. I don't think you've seen the movie. No, but I, I've read but pieces you,
1: of the book. There's a book that okay. the movie's based out of.
0: But you had some interesting comments about. It, so I would like yeah. to maybe we okay. if we have time, we'll capture that. Let's talk with the the very very uh, sobering. I mean to ha- to have you know a Christian school a person walk in and and shoot and kill you know three children. I think three adults. That's right. And uh, ends up being, um, their life yeah. taken as well. I mean, this is this is as hard, hard as it gets. Um, the, why? You know, that's the yeah. big question. Why did this happen? Why did this person do what they did? Why, where was God's protection in all this? Are those some of the questions that seem to surface? Yeah. Um, you actually even knew of, I think, the pastor of of
1: one of the kids that, that died. Well, there, there's a lady uh, that I, I work with. She works with uh, our group. Uh, her pastor went to seminary with the pastor of that church.
0: Okay. okay and uh,
1: Pastor Scruggs. Scruggs and okay. Pastor Scruggs, uh, his nine-year-old daughter, was one of the three nine-year-old children that were killed uh, in this shooting. Do you think it was,
0: do they think it was random? Do they think it was targeted? She, she was actually. It was
1: very targeted. So oh the, the shooter had oh written gosh. out a manifesto and what they do know, they don't know the extent of all the things. This is still fresh enough to where all the information isn't out there yet. But uh, of course there was, uh, this individual was LGBT, uh, uh Q plus uh, it's somewhere in there. And, uh, the, the, the reporting has been very confused thus far. Some people have said it's a transgender man. Then others have said it's a transgender uh, female. Um, right now, there's just the question of what's going on. But it was a former oh, really? student from yeah. uh, more than a decade ago, I would assume, because the school only goes up to eighth grade, is what I understand. So and Covenant this, this Christian shooter,
0: School. Shooter was how old at the time? 28. 28. 28.
1: So obviously, that's that. Uh, it would have been years and years before, more than a decade before, uh, I would assume based on what so we see.
0: That's interesting because I I did not know that the age, yeah. so I thought that uh, this person was uh, was recently just came through and was wounded, and they basically said, "Hey, this this uh, suppressed my ability to be a trans or be a whatever um, LGBTQ that that he or she wanted to be." That's not, it's been some time. It's been a lot more time than I thought.
1: It it sure appears that way. And that's the thing right now, there's so much out there and yet so little facts yet. So we have to also, I just want to say, uh, be very thoughtful in our own approach to this, assigning motives. What we can say is three children were killed. um, And then three adults, uh, two of them age 60, I believe. And uh, no, one age 62, age 61. Uh, A faithful school janitor. Um, the leader of the school and then apparently a, uh, either a teacher or a substitute teacher uh, were among those who were killed. And uh, the, the, this uh, 28-year-old uh, came barging in. The video is already there where uh, uh, the front doors were blown out and this individual came charging into the school. Uh, also, what's becoming very clear is that the police responded uh, very, very well. It was very rapid yeah. reaction. It was the exact opposite of what happened at Uvalde, and the whole nation is praising how they went right in at oh, yeah. the risk of their own lives, yeah. and uh, and and ran to the sounds of the gunfire. Wow and did what a public servant does wow. serves other people and i i think that we have to compliment that too yeah that's a good point part of the thing that breaks my heart in the conversation is that the response from the administration didn't uh, from from the from the presidential administration oh yeah only talks about gun violence yeah as though that gun was some sort of how walk, uh, walking around on its own yeah. doing these these horrible things yeah and we haven't actually addressed stuff the is
0: issue always always politicized how do you how do you i'm just thinking of this pastor yeah. i mean you know you, you 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 know that we don't fight against flesh and blood we're he knows this stuff we're we're warring against powers and principalities of this dark age yeah. and he has to know that this is not you know this is the this is the enemy himself but the, and then my heart of hearts would be asking man lord my my own little girl i mean how, how much protected you, can you get is to have the protection of the prayer protection of a—you of a, would like to think as a Christian, yeah. as a pastor, as a—knowing that—and then you got your daughter in this Christian school, and it's like, I don't know. I, I thought a lot about just trying to look through the lens of this pastor. I can't imagine. I can't either. I mean, he's having to console himself on things that he's consoled others on, and I'll tell you, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I, can, I can console others, but it's hard to console your own soul it's like God what the heck so I, I I hope and pray for him I have been and I I can't imagine um having to walk that road but those are some those are some hard questions
1: you know and, and I think we have to put this in and obviously I'm going to phrase this toward a pastor okay <laughs> but uh I know that the oldest book in the scriptures ever written really tackles this subject that's the book of job job yeah sure and, and, and it know. seems to be just pervasive all throughout. Yeah, that's so true. Though. And it's only at the tail end of this uh, of this book that you begin to come to the understanding that God knows what He's doing. Yeah. Um, but there's so much concern, r- appropriate concern. And I think this is one of those the pro- is basically called the problem of pain. Mm. And atheists yeah. love to address that issue um, because uh, when we talk about just. They feel like they have the answer. You know, it's just survival of the fittest. Uh, these things, uh, they are meaningless. Essentially, it's a nihilistic view of the world that, yeah. that pain is meaningless. Right. And yet at the same time, what we see in a, in a I, can, I don't even want to imagine what that wonderful pastor must be going through right now. God, why? And yet to know that God is indeed sovereign. And he does know and he does care. So when we look at the the big question, why is there pain and why does pain happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? That's really the question. You're right. Yeah. And so I, I think as we explore that and we look at this, yes, there are a lot of other things that we could talk about right now as far as the brokenness in our culture. And I think, by the way, I think that needs to be addressed right here. Our culture over the last 30 years, as we have begun to destroy what even the identity of a human being is. Yep. For instance, as some people have claimed that boys can become girls, girls can become boys, then they uh, are told that anyone who disagrees with their perspective is nothing more than a hater That's right. and everything else. Yeah. It is a tragic response that many have seen now that uh, some people— uh, will um, do horrific things. Hmm. And so I think there's a lot of folk that need well, to step back from okay, the brink. So
0: I've been listening and reading the, yeah. those same things, and I've heard these, uh, the manifesto, and I've heard what people have said. And I've heard, actually, LGBTQ, there was a person that came out and said, you know, this is tragic, and we're really sorry that all happened, blah, blah, blah. And then, but, but basically, don't forget, this is this is response to... Uh, hate, in a sense, they didn't say it that way, but was, that's what it response to. Because it's like, so I got to be introspective on myself. It's like, okay, so how do we speak to this world, and and try to speak truth and love? Okay, first of all, uh, truth and grace. Jesus spoke. The best example I have, and we've talked about it here a thousand times, is when he when he came across the prostitute, right? The woman mm-hmm. caught in prostitution. And he said, "Well, he who's without sin casteth the first stone." They put down the stones and they walked away. And and uh, he he says, "Woman, where, where are your accusers?" She says, "There are none. Neither do I condemn you." He says that word. "Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more." So he does a great job of grace. Or do I? am complimenting the Lord, but he does a perfect job. Right. Grace, yeah. grace, 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 and then truth. Right. All right. And I and I've thought you know, when I've approached issues and that deal with their sin issues, according to scripture, right. and I will tell you, I, my voice, my tone, and I can't speak for every pastor. So, but my tone is not condemning. My yes. voice is not condemning my accusations. I got to say, listen, this is going to be this. You're going to have to brace yourself or something. Be prepared because I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about these issues. Right. And here's, here's what God says. And I'll, I'll but it's grace, grace, grace. I try to try to follow that model. It's in my mind, yeah. in my heart. I try to. But and I think I don't know if I can say most. I don't know what what people hear and what they say. But it's like, how do you speak truth to a to this kind of mindset and or to this these issues of our day LGBTQ, whether it's trans, whether it's you know we've talked very openly about uh, I have about can't we agree to not uh, to preserve the innocence of our children. Why can't right. we agree to that? I don't understand why. You can be a nihilist. You can be atheist. You can be whatever. Why can't we agree to that? Right. And um, and I I don't know if I have a good answer to that, but we seemingly can't. And so if I don't agree with that, and the the other the atheist type view, if you will call it that, um, I'm a hater. It's like I don't know how I can be personally. Any gentler on this, and I would imagine there's a bunch of pastors across the land that have done the same. Um, do you have a, an answer to this? I mean, how, do we do we not speak to it at all? Then we got to stand before God. Right. You know, no, I,
1: I think that's a great question. And matter of fact, it's very interesting the timeliness of this question because we just had this conversation yesterday with our staff at Wyoming Family Alliance. Okay. And part of it is in everything that we say and everything that we do, we never attack individuals. We will address issues.
0: Okay, right, that's but good.
1: But the, the emphasis there always has to be to, to hope for the redemption of the individual. And that once they can finally see the light, that it will illumine their own lives. And hopefully they will come and look at this at the issue in the same that we do, in the same way that we do. So we can never destroy a person. And that's part of what has happened in the conversation today. It has become so very personal. And part of that is tragic to me because some people will assign the I, the entire conversation on any issue And uh, assign that conversation on an issue with their own identity. Therefore, they declare that everything that you're saying is attacking their identity when that isn't true. The emphasis that the Christian has is to speak truth in love. Now, Mm -hmm. truth addresses the issue at hand. The love... Addresses the individual. The person, the person. absolutely. I, I've never put that together till just now, but one of the things that I, I really think that we have to focus in on is that we speak truth in love. We love the individual the whole time right. that we're even speaking, addressing truth. The, the challenge in front of us. We do that. As pastors, we do that all the time. I mean, and I will guarantee you, when you're sitting across the
0: table from somebody, of any of anything, if you have to confront a guy that's you know in in a marriage, then there's some adultery of some kind. I guarantee you, there is love, love, love. You're trying to care for this person. Listen, I'm not condemning you. I'm right. just saying that this is, this is, this is sin before God. You know, right. you're gonna have to answer for this. I need to. I gotta at least give you the warning. And I will tell you to tell somebody, speak that kind of bluntly and also graciously, because you want to. Many times as a pastor, you know these people, this person well. Right. It's not like a random person that you don't know. Right. Somebody you know and you care about. It's like, brother, you know, i got to tell you the truth about this thing. You are going to be speaking, yes, truth, but it is going to be bathed in love because right. you care. And that's what—it's really hard for, for me to say you know, when, when, when people say these things, it's all about hate. It's like, well, I think it's because— Of course, I'm taking it personal now, like it's against me and it's not, but, but but, this is not hate. It's like, I, I have a whole different picture of this and I'm trying to speak truth to this, this craziness. Right. And, in the, of course, in the trans uh, world, you know, I I think preserving the innocence of our kids, that is the most loving thing you can possibly do. Absolutely. If they want to make that decision when they're whatever number that is, 18, 21, whatever, it's like, you know what? OK, now you've, you're have you an adult. You can make some of these decisions. Right. But to but to have people helping them make these decisions or encourage them to make, those are things that's it's like, you guys are your children right now. Right. This is not. Right. So. I don't see that as hate. That seems like a—but um, I, I know it comes across the, the, differently.
1: But The tragedy that we face is that in the church now, there's a lot of good people that are being called haters or that as we see the, um, the devolution, the deconstruction yeah. of uh, society, you know, that begin to feel the, the, the effects of this confusion, this struggle— and so then you have a wonderful pastor whose daughter is killed. Yeah. And there is an obvious question that often arises and that is that okay, how can something like this happen yeah. to someone who's trying to be faithful to to do the right thing, to say so, to teach the word of God?
0: How do you personally process this? Okay, you told me Job and I get that. That's the theological right, right answer. Personally, if you were
1: how would you have you wrestled with something like this, even close to this before? Personally? Never, never at this degree. N- me neither. I, I think most Christians, probably when you see this, that you do ask the question. So uh, let me just say that I've never had to wrestle with it to this degree in my own life. Yeah, right. But I will say that I have wrestled with that question before. With i people watched, you know, people. love. Yes. yes, for sure. I and it breaks have. my heart. And yeah. part of it is, first of all, the effects of a fallen world was not part of God's original creation. It's true. So first of all, we can that's... never cast aspersions on the character of God because bad things happen because that's, to good people.
0: Th- the fall is a bigger deal than we realize. That's right. That's so true. I agree totally with you.
1: And so then we, we look at, at stories like the life of Job and everything else. You even come down through, let me give you an illustration. I appreciate the way that the chosen brought this out in one of their shows uh, a while back, Jesus shows up at the pool of Bethesda there's a man that's been lying there and he continues to try to struggle to get into the water. I don't know if you saw this scene. It's powerful. Oh yeah, no. No, it's Const- a great scene oh, yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he he's he's been sitting there. He's lost all hope. And then finally Jesus walks down and and he's known about this guy. Yeah. He's known about this guy. And now it's time Why? Because God will get the glory some way, somehow, even after the tragedy and sorrow of that circumstance. And so there was uh, um, an individual who put together a few ideas. But when it comes to the idea of suffering, there are several different things that we can look at. Sometimes suffering is a form of discipline. That is true, but it's not always. Hebrews 4, I think. Yes, sir. Consider. Discipline, hardship as discipline. Yeah, and Hebrews 12 talks about how God disciplines those he loves. That's that's the one I'm trying to say. Yes. 12.4, that's right. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Then we get to also suffering enables Christians to identify with and encourage other sufferers. Yeah. Second Corinthians. Yeah. And so this is on God questions, and I appreciate a lot of times the way they will try to break things down here very carefully, but yeah. also that God gives the opportunity even in the midst of suffering to store up bountiful treasure in heaven. Okay. We found that in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Yeah. Then we get to suffering. It drives us to draw closer to the Lord. And, and, and this is the the weird conundrum that with a christian usually suffering doesn't drive them away from god they actually come to a place of their own frailty and they draw closer to him and it i'm sure for the person who is not a christian such a thing looks so odd hmm. you know but god does even in the midst of tragedy and when, when it was never god's will that sin enters into the world right. as a matter of fact he sent his son to to die for right. for those circumstances, right. but at the same time, he can still use those opportunity to draw us closer to him. And so, when we, the the last thing, and I think this is very important, suffering reminds us that this is not our home. Hmm. And I'm really appreciative That's for really that good. perspective.
0: My my favorite of suffering uh, is Dinesh D'Souza. He wrote a book, uh, God Forsaken, hmm. and he says suffering is a currency of heaven. Christ died for us to show. He didn't just tell us, hey, I love you. He showed us he loves by the suffering he endured, the scourging, the beatings, the the suffering on the cross. And we're coming up to those moments, right? And what he says is you can either hold God in contempt with your suffering and say, okay, God, unless you answer these questions, you can only come this close and no further. But if you can turn your hands over and say, instead of holding God in contempt, you will turn those hands over and say, you know what? these things I have in my hands, these losses are opportunities for suffering for me that I can worship you with these sufferings. Yes. And that he, he actually encouraged that in this book. And I, I took that challenge, I don't know, five seven, probably seven or eight years ago. And it had, it, it had a medicinal effect on my soul that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. And um, never, to, nothing to the degree that this pastor is dealing with, but I hope, I hope that all those things can happen for him, that he can come to a resolve of, of, and the, the other thing, and I don't know if it really mentioned here, but what suffering does in my mind, it almost reminds us, it's like, you know, you said, this is not home, but it really puts our mind on hoping in an eternity. Amen. Right. Amen. And, and we're supposed to think about the things above, not the things on earth. Right. You know, anyone who loves these things, the love of the father is not even in him. Right. And so, uh, not that we don't love our kids and stuff, but it, it's like don't get so attached to all this stuff. Right. And to me, suffering helps you keep that perspective.
1: If it's a hard way to keep it, but it's uh, it's, a, it's certainly real. I know that you've you've had to deal in these circumstances, and I have to. Uh, one of the questions I think that's very important to answer at a time like this is: when a person's going through that kind of pain, what is our response? Yeah. A lot of times everything great that we just said is is academic. And the last person generally the last thing a person needs in a situation like that is to hear, number one, just trite statements. No, oh, yeah, a lot of people sure. do that, you know. Uh,
0: great. Yeah, these these all these statements are for like five right. years later. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Trying to process that. Yes, for sure.
1: In the moment, the best thing I've ever found is and I can't help myself. And I think it's partly God does this to a Christian, especially if you've ever been through any pain in your life. Yeah. I can't help myself. I get a little emotional and I just want to hug someone. Yeah. Um, and that's not my natural response. But when I watch someone going through suffering, there is not much you can say, but you can be there with them. Yep. And uh, there's no way to even alleviate the the pain uh in their life and you would want to sometimes you want to now i'll be honest i the idea of losing one of my children i love them so much there's no way not even close i i would never want to step into those circumstances but i do want to love someone yeah and in the moment in that moment there's not much you can say but you can't be there for them for sure
0: that's a good word <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Job's friends had a, there we had a hold it. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The you know one of the, what the my go to is usually I think every funeral I've ever ever uh, officiated I've I've read this to the family. It's uh, you mentioned it already. Second uh, Corinthians one yeah. uh, three through five. Um, the God of all comfort, uh, who comforts us in all of our circumstances, that's right. and so and I've I've said I may be stretching this a little bit. I don't think God's going to zap me for this. He's He's not only the God of all comfort, he's the God of all kinds of comfort. He's the kind of comfort a dad needs, a mom needs, a pastor needs. Mm-hmm. He's the God of all kinds of comfort. The kind of comfort you need today at this memorial service or at a birthday, you know, years later or at Christmas when those times are hit really, really hard. He's the God of all comfort. Amen. And I always tell people, listen, my words, and that's why I try to do nothing, uh, Man-made or trite, you know. God didn't need another angel. God, you know all right. the he just Yeah. All the stuff that's like we. It sounds good <laughs> right. on the surface, it's like yeah. Don't say those things. Those, those don't help people. They don't. In fact, it's better just to to cry and hug. Yeah. Th- those things help. Yeah. Um. They really do heal. Just for being there. But I think even saying is like I have nothing. I have I have no idea what to say. But here's a word that. God said, he's the God of all comfort. And I'm praying God's comfort for you. Right. And, you know, if I could stick comfort in everybody's pocket, I'd do that. Right. But here's again, I don't think, I don't think, except for my presence and my love and care for them, I don't think I can stick comfort in their pocket. Right. They have to go out and say,
1: to receive this comfort from right. God. Right. Oh, that's good. That's good. That lines up with the biblical understanding that when a Christian suffers, that we sorrow not as those who have no hope. Right. That it's not a hopeless sorrow that we have, but the only one that can bring that sense. By the way, you see that there is still sorrow, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of sorrow. I'll never forget For sure. the very first time I was with a family when someone, a loved one passed away, passed away. It was in El Paso, Texas. And uh, I was one of the pastors at a fairly good-sized church. And um, th- it was at the, the Army uh, Hospital right there off of Fort Bliss. And I pulled into the emergency area. I walked in as quickly as I could, and there was a family. And there was a couple of individuals, and they were moaning yeah. in pain. This individual, someone who had been sick for years, had finally yeah. passed, yeah. and that was a hopeless sorrow. Yeah. Yes. And then the two people if from you our can church notice were, it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And and so that's one of those things where we do sorrow, but our sorrow is processed differently.
0: Yeah we have there's a base in that sorrow it's like yeah. we know at the end of the day into this life i'm going to see this person again right. i'm going to see this loved one again i that's my hope for the let's we've been talking a lot yeah. about this pastor and that's my hope yeah. and prayer for this
1: pastor you you said his name uh, last name of scruggs i don't scruggs. know his first name but pastor scruggs
0: oh, pastor scruggs we are praying for you here in True. wyoming for your comfort of your the loss of your daughter and i'm i'm so sorry so it's just i can't even tell you so I hope now, as we've, we've talked about some heavy things, but we got to still live in this world somehow, and I think we're supposed to live it to be strong and very courageous. God bless you guys.